Next up on Talk Zone is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Are you concerned about your job? Concerned about losing it? Concerned about not having the tools needed to reinvent your career or to reposition yourself in the workplace? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, or even if you just want to be a part of the workplace improvement revolution, then join the conversation right now on Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Now, here are your hosts, Charlie and Eva. Hey, welcome everyone. It is Monday, 4 p.m. Eastern, and we are live. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. The mission of our show is to make a difference, right? Use all of our collaborative powers to make a difference in the workplace, our careers, and our lives, and the world. Even as one person. Even as one person. Um, you know, last week, right, I wanted to say that um, we were talking about rehearsing your presence, rehearsing your pitch. We were talking about interviewing, and I had mentioned that I will practice that this week. Oh, my goodness. You know, I mean, it, that seems like that was like 100 years ago. Yeah, it was yeah, seven days with ago. with the e-women conference in between, that was a big one. But, yeah, I've been talking about practice now for like five days with everybody. Well, I wanted to say that um, I did – practice some of my presence pitching prior to some client meetings. And I have to say, it made quite a difference. Um, I walked away feeling very confident in myself. I know. I think it's funny because you kind of uh, have always fought me on that. Yeah. Yeah. And now you're trying it and you can see it makes a huge difference. Because the biggest thing when I was trying to convey to people this week when I was coaching was saying... Yeah, you memorize, but you memorize in a way that it becomes a part of you so that it doesn't become this rote thing that you just say. Because a lot of people, when they talk about like an elevator pitch or their presence or whatever, they kind of have this thing where they just kind of go like, blah, 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 blah. This is what I do. It, it lacks passion. The reason for practicing and the reason for thinking about it is so that it becomes a part of you so that when you start talking about it, you look excited to be talking about it. Yeah. Because when you're excited, other people get excited about it. And it makes all the difference, regardless of what you do or your position. Yeah, it does, yeah. So um, we have a really cool guest today. Yes, we do. But I wanted to just say first, um, remember um, one of the sayings we used in the past um, from Mike Tyson about everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face real hard. That's actually one of my favorite quotes. Yeah. And I believe I used it in a blog post. And um, we always hear about, you know, the sky's blue um, and do what you can and things will work out. Um, Plan to fail, fail to plan. Mm. So you have everything set. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you get punched in the face really hard. Really hard. What do you do? So, yeah. Today we have a guest that actually figured it out. I know. Which is really, really mm-hmm. cool. Um, and we'll be uh, meeting and speaking with her for the first time, uh, and we're real excited. Um, just trying to share a little bit. Um, Christy Morrow is the author of this unbelievable story, and it's called Facing Success. Um, Christy is the managing partner for Mariposa Aesthetics and Laser Center, 
But that's only half of it. I mean, how did she get there and make that happen is something uh, I think we should listen with a pen in hand um, because there was some struggle. So I would love to introduce our very special guest, Christy Morrow. Christy, are you with us? I am. Thank you so much. That was a kind introduction. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, welcome to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Um, we love we love stories like you because it inspires us to keep going, right? Yes, it does. Um, why don't you just maybe share some website contact information and then tell us a little bit about facing success? Sure, absolutely. Uh, our company website is www.mariposaokc.com, and Mariposa is spelled M-A-R-I-P-O-S-A. OKC, of course, stands for Oklahoma City. Um, so MariposaOKC.com is where they can find out a little bit about the practice that we're going to be, I'm going to be telling you about, kind of how it came to be, and like you said, some of the struggles we've had, some of the plans we've made, some of the plans we've had to adjust <laughs> along the way um, after getting hit a time or two, and um, kind of how we've come out on the other side of things. So, um, well, let me just ask first, what type of services do you perform there? Uh, Mariposa is a non-surgical aesthetic medicine practice. So we do full non-surgical cosmetic procedures such as all of the injectables, the Botox, dermal fillers, things you've seen some commercials for uh, on TV, Juvederm, Botox, things like that. We also have a full range of laser services. So laser hair removal, laser tattoo removal, skin rejuvenation, uh, skin resurfacing, basically anything head to toe that needs to be addressed that doesn't require a surgical procedure. Interesting. And um, you're located in Mariposa, OKC, which we now know is Oklahoma City. Yes. <laughs> but I, my guess is your patients are from all over. We do. We actually looked not too long ago, and we, we have just about every state represented as far as having a patient there who comes here for their services. Many of them started with us here, and then as they've moved on to another state, they'll have family here, they'll come back, and they still do all of their work, their procedures and things like that here in Oklahoma City with us, which is a real honor. Interesting. So, okay, so you have um, this medium, I would say, size business, fairly um, complicated, um, and so this is where you generate the story of uh, facing success, right? Because this business, like many others, is very complicated to run, I would think, right? Yes, this is, a, it's such a, um, I always just tell people, it's kind of a strange animal because it is a medical practice, but it also has a, a retail component because it's not your typical um, services that require insurance or that insurance will pay for. So, you know, our patients use their discretionary income you know, to have these services done. So while they're done by medical providers and we still, you know, follow all of our medical training, obviously, in providing them, they're paying cash for these services, not using their medical insurance to do that. So there's there's a retail component as far as the customer service and the level of expectation for customer service that maybe you don't get as much in a traditional primary care practice or even a specialty practice. And so that makes it a little bit um, kind of special, and, and how you go about handling it and how you manage it 
is definitely different than how you might manage a traditional medical practice. Very interesting. So um, you have to be very perceptive to pick up on that and incorporate that into your business model, I would think, right? Um, otherwise... Yes, I think... Yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I, I really think that's where um, the partners that I have now, uh, they started this practice without me. I came in later. Um, they had been in business for about 16 months, um, and they were very successful in running other medical practices, but this was different. And I think they felt like, oh, we're good over here, so this is going to be you know, a no-brainer. But it's, it's just different enough in, in ways that you're right. If you're not perceptive to that, it doesn't work. And they were really struggling, and they were actually failing, to be honest, and were going to be closing. And that's how I found out about Mariposa in the first place was when they were selling. So you you joined this group somewhere in a downturn. Is that right? Yes. In, um, they, they opened the practice in September of 2007, and at that time, I was working in a different medical practice, and he, the doctor I worked for at the time, wanted me to start an aesthetics clinic in his office. So that's mm-hmm. what I was doing. I was actually a competitor, and mm-hmm. we had a very successful year, received a letter from the owners of Mariposa that they were closing and had equipment to sell. So I came to look at their equipment to see if there was anything we might want to buy at the other practice. Somewhere yeah, in there, how I what I'm hearing, involved. right, is like this this entrepreneur, right? Mm-hmm. Well, let me go check this yeah. out, right? Let me go see if I, we can use some of this. So anyway, sorry, continue. No, you're absolutely fine. Um, but that that's how we kind of came about. So it was a little bit of an unusual meeting since, like I said, I was a competitor at the time. Um, the equipment was part of the problem. Again, it was knowing what works, knowing what, you know, what doesn't, what things to avoid, because this particular type of business is very... Uh, laser heavy, you really have to understand your equipment and how to maximize it, how to get good results from it, or people won't come back. You know, if they buy, if they pay for something, you know, with their hard-earned money and it doesn't work right for them, they're not going to keep coming back. And um, you definitely want to develop a loyal following in order for this type of practice to work. And they just did not have the kind of equipment that I would have wanted to invest in. And so I left saying thanks, but no thanks. And they called me back to discuss other things further and we ended up coming to an agreement that they would hire me to run Mariposa and um, and try to turn it around and, and that's what we've done. Um, that's amazing. It's amazing and it's the, you know it's a sense of um, positive energy I think is what um, attracted them to you right? Right. You had the certainly um, and I don't want to make light of the knowledge and the background right but they had that too. Right. right. And and so when when they brought you on, were you feeling like that was kind of a daunting task or at that point were you just like, no, I know how to fix this? Well, both. <laughs> if I were going to be completely honest, I'd have to say both. Um, because when we discussed, you know, do they want to stay open? Do they want to give this another, you know, another chance? Mm-hmm. I basically stepped back and said, look, if you're willing to show me some information I need, I need to see if this is even fixable in my mind. I don't want to take on a task I don't think I can win, you know, right. and so I, I want to know this is going to be successful, and they did. They provided me everything I needed. I looked at all the financials, everything, and, and I really felt like there was a foundation that was right, but there were a lot of decisions that had been made that were wrong, and if we mm-hmm. could turn those around, this had a good chance to be very, very successful. 
and I just presented them with a business plan and said, these are the things I would change. This is what it's going to cost us as a group to do those changes, and this is how long I think it's going to take us to to turn a profit. And um, they really looked at all of that, and I think they could tell that this is a business that I'm very passionate about. I, I love to make people look and feel their very best, whatever it takes uh, to get that done. And they could tell that I, I believed in what I was doing and I knew that I could make it work. And I do think that the confidence that I brought to it and saying, I think we can turn this around, but they've got to be willing to make changes too. Um, you know, we both took a little bit of a risk on each other and, um, and it's obviously paid off. Um, yeah, it's unbelievable what, and we want to hear as we go forward here about what's in the book, but, you know, it took courage on your part because you were already working, you know, yeah. then, do I want this? Is it too much risk? Do I really have what it takes? But listening, I mean, you, uh, let me see some financials. I want to see if it's even fixable. Right. I mean, you're speaking like an owner. I mean, it was in there to begin with, right. um, yeah. you know, so, and you, you must have known that or you wouldn't have pursued this, right? So that's a lesson learned, right? Mm -hmm. You know, if you have it, you, you need to understand that you have it, right? Right. But sometimes you don't know until, you know, the rubber meets the road, right? But I don't think you <laughs> right, would take exactly. that risk necessarily, right? Right. Exactly. I was working and I'm, you know, and that was where I said, where I meant, you know, we both took a risk on each other. They, this business before I came on board, they were really, I mean, they were just hemorrhaging money, you know, in bad decisions, unfortunately. Really, really smart business people, but this is a very different type of business. And they trusted it to some people that probably in hindsight they wouldn't again. Um, but, on, you know, for my part, I was already working. So to leave a job and take on this, I was taking a risk as well. So mm -hmm. they were risking potentially losing more money if I couldn't do what I thought I could do. And I was risking looking for a new job in six months if I couldn't do what I thought I could do. So we both had a lot on the line. And so there was yeah. definitely a motivation there. And I think you have to have that. I think you have to have something lighting a fire under you, whether it's your passion or a time frame, a deadline, you know, or like you said before, just being an entrepreneur. You know, every entrepreneur wants to be successful, you know, yep. or they wouldn't be doing what they're doing. Um, uh, actually, uh, this was a great introduction. Um, there were a lot of hidden messages in there, right? Absolutely. And things to learn from and be aware of. Um, really, really interesting. We definitely want to go much deeper. We have to take our first break, um, okay. Christy, so please stay with us, everyone. We'll be back. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie Eva and our very special guest, Christy Morrow. CARE Certification in the Workplace is the award-winning shared leadership training seminar that will revolutionize your career and position you as the go-to person in your organization regardless of your job description. CARE is the acronym for Courage to Take Action Relevant to Everyone. This means your new workplace mission is to deliver results for the good of the company but not at the expense of others. Up until now, CARE certification was only available through company-sponsored seminars. But now you can become CARE certified in the workplace on your own time. 
Order Module 1 today and begin the transformation. There's unlimited opportunity in the workplace today, provided you have the right strategy. Becoming CARE certified is the right strategy. For more information and to order, go to charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com. And now, let's return to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. Segment two, and our guest today is Christy Morrow. She is the author of Facing Success, Creating a Multi-Million Dollar Business in Tough Economic Times. And what that book does is it details what we've been talking about in the first segment about the rise of the Mariposa Aesthetics and Laser Center that Christy helped turn around. So, Christy, um, so you turned around the Mariposa Spa, and what made you decide to write a book about it? Two very different things. Totally different things. Um, I, honestly, I really think it comes out of a desire to give back in some way because for me, I didn't have anyone to go to or to bounce things off of or to say, you know, I'm really thinking I'd like to do this. What are your thoughts about that? Or have you already tried this? Does it work? Am I going to waste my time or money? Or I just didn't have anyone to really do that. I was going on, you know, instinct and just passion for what I do and doing the very best I could with what I had. And in my mind, I thought, wouldn't it have been great if I would have had somebody who had gone before me and experienced some things who was willing to say, you know, you can do that. Your situation is different. But my experience was this. And if it were me doing it again, I'd save my time, you know, or Mm -hmm. I'd save my energy on that or I wouldn't go that direction. And so I wanted just to try in a very quick way, because, again, people doing, you know, if you're building a business, you're busy. And you don't have time to read a 400-page book, you know, and a big novel necessarily. So it needed to be quick and it needed to be to the point. And that way they could get through it and maybe hopefully find a little gem in there that might suit their situation at the moment. So I really just wanted to give back a little bit. And, you know, that was my show of gratitude. Oh, that's terrific. And so as you were writing the book, so I'm, I'm assuming that the book is sort of generic in its style in terms of, you know, you're not just talking about the Mariposa Spa, but just your experience with it. So if I come to the book, what's something that I can expect um, to get out of it? Um, I would say to think of it in terms of nuts and bolts. It is not a lot of fluff. It is not, and you're right, it's not specific just to an aesthetic medicine practice. I think that the principles that helped me turn things around here are principles that are true of any business, and they're things that I've learned just in my life along the way in other business ventures and in other practice settings. I think about it and I look at it and think it's not rocket science what's in this book, but sometimes it's nice to just have a quick resource, someplace really quick to go to where someone can say, stop, no, don't do that. Um, I'll give you a great example. I I run my whole business as far as decision-making with the idea that, you know, numbers don't lie. And decisions have to be based on the facts, not on how you feel about something. Because in this business, you know, it's all about looking and feeling good, and there's a lot of emotion involved in, ooh, I want this new technology that's coming out. Technology might not work very well, but ooh, I want that because it's new and it's great and it's shiny, and you want to go do something that doesn't make sense. And so you need to look at your numbers, analyze your business, and see if this is truly the right thing for you and for the business at the time, because your numbers will not lie. And if you can support that, you should go do that. And if, it, if the numbers say no, you need to say no, no matter what your emotions might be telling you or, you know, 
what your heart wants to do. And things like that. Those are the little nuggets that I put in the book just to help somebody go back to the basics of watch your numbers, you know, look at your numbers, yeah. make good decisions. Well, and I, I love that because you, you're right. Even though it feels somewhat simplistic, it's huge. And I know that a lot of people don't do it. Um, I know that we've been guilty of not doing it. So, no, it's, it's terrific. I never watched a number. No, you're not a number watcher. This we know. But what I think is amazing, though, Christy, is that, you know, your background, you were a physician assistant, you're an ex-school teacher, you're also a soldier. But none of that really spoke to really running a nuts, running the nuts and bolts of a business. So the fact that you were able to do this, turn it around, and now write a book about it is really pretty amazing, mm. right? It's mm-hmm. really amazing because what it does is it gives people that don't have a business background some hope. Um, well, I, in that, I, I hope that's the case because you're right. I don't have a business degree. I don't have an MBA. Um, I, I just have a real strong entrepreneurial spirit. I really do. And I, I think I... Either somebody could say that's a positive there, so we go, oh, okay, I'm a better leader than I'm a follower. You know, I think you have to be a little bit of both, but I like, I'm a take charge kind of person, and if I see a problem, I want to fix it. And, you know, at the time, this business had some problems, and I like to go in and problem solve and fix things and make them right. And, you know, so there's there's a lot of different skill sets that go in that, to make a, a successful business person, not just a degree or something. You're right. I'm a PA by training. I'm a physician assistant, and that's where the medical, tr- the medical background or training comes mm-hmm. in that I need for my business. But my educational background, the, the years I spent as a teacher, taught me how to deal with people, taught me how to listen, right. taught me a, to work with great varieties of people, and so did the military. My time in the military was seven years and um, taught me a lot about leadership. <laughs> Tell me a lot about people in general and how to get things done and how to be disciplined. There were definitely everything I've done in my life has led me to where I'm at. And I think that's true of everybody. You know, the journey, the experiences you've had all give you skills that you can then turn around and use in a completely different environment. But they're still the same worthwhile skills to have. And, you know, it's so important that you said that because I think so many times when people switch careers or try to do something new, they sort of forget about all the experiences that they had up until that point when the reality is is that it's it's those experiences that will help you in this next career. Just like you're saying, you know, the MBA is not going to do it. I mean, just because you have an MBA doesn't mean you really know how to run a business. You've been just sitting in school reading books and doing presentations. It's not the same thing as actually doing the nuts and bolts of a business or, you know, dealing with the people in your spot and dealing with the employees that you have and motivate, motivating them and leading them and making sure that everyone is on the same page and doing what you want them to do and then creating an environment for your clients that's appealing and also giving them the results that they're looking for. And that's something that, you know, you don't learn in a textbook. Mm-hmm. You don't right. learn that in a textbook. I agree. And I'm so, you know, as you're going through the book, like, can you kind of break down, like, what are some of the other lessons? I know we went through one of them about the nuts and bolts. Let's talk about a few more of the lessons that are in the book. Um, one of the things that I talked about was, um, you know, personnel, dealing with the team that you have, um, how to create a successful team, and that's an area where your emotions can really get the best of you because we're a small business. Uh, I have 12 employees right now. Um, at the time that I wrote the book, I think we had 10. And so, you know, every it, it becomes this little small family, and that's mm-hmm. a good thing, but it can also be a challenging thing when 
discipline is needed to, you know, um, to be doled out. And because you like these people, you know, you care about them, you right. hire them, you see the good in them, but you also see areas that need improvement. So I did talk in the book a little bit about um, a situation I had with an employee that was chronically tardy. And mm-hmm. I mean, it was just so, it was so much more than what my mind could even comprehend. It's like, why can't she get here on time? I'm, you know, I'm a little old school, you know, I'm like, you show up to work, you get there on time, you get there early, that's even better. And, you know, this, this person was quite a bit younger, uh, different generation of people doing things a little differently, and I had to figure out how to handle that. And at the end, what I learned is that I let it go way too long. That was my fault, not hers. You know, I should have nipped that in the bud really early on, and I was just, you know, I didn't want to offend her. I didn't want to bother her. I didn't want her to quit working as well. She was great in a lot of other ways. I didn't want that to demotivate her. You know, all these excuses in my mind just to avoid an unpleasant situation is really what it was. And finally, I just couldn't take any more, sat her down, had this talk, showed her the numbers. Here's how many days you've been, you know, late out of however many days. I mean, it was huge. And she was really shocked by that. It's like she didn't even recognize it. And she told me about a week later, I had to put her on probation for her job. And she told me about a week later, she had just done this 180 in the office. I was like, wow, she's really just turned into this great employee. What happened? She said, I went home and I talked to my husband. And he said, you know, he said, any other job, you would have been fired months ago. And he said, this is complete. He, he's a manager in his own job. And he's like, I would have fired you. This is crazy. She was so, you know, lenient, blah, blah, blah. You need to get in there and get it done. And she, I think hearing it from someone else mm. validated the concerns that I had. You know, and she came back, and she was complete, completely different as far as her attendance and, you know, and tardiness. And she made this comment, and it stayed with me forever. She's like, I'm really glad you told me that. I was like, yeah. really? Because you didn't act glad about it that day. But she was glad because it made her a better person. And part of our job as the leader and as the, the owner or the boss in your company is to make your people better. You need to bring out the best in them. And sometimes that's through the fire a little bit you know sometimes they've right. got to go through a little sharpening process and they'll be grateful in the end because they will be better they'll be better for you and your business and when they do move on to a new business they'll be better for that next employer as well so i really learned that i did not do her a service by letting her get away with that in fact i really did her a disservice so i was frustrated for months longer than i should have been and i should have you know been a better leader for her earlier on and i took that lesson and put it in the book I think that's um, a terrific lesson, actually, because I've, I've seen that a lot in my own career. When we have young people that start, we don't necessarily, we expect them to know how to do everything instead of telling them what our expectations are and then holding them to those expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, because sometimes you've got an employee that's got a lot of great enthusiasm, but, you know, you have to show them how to work. I think a lot of people don't know how to work. Um, I think the time of when people used to start working when they were, you know, we were 15, 16 years old, we had jobs already. Um, A lot of people don't do that anymore. And so when they come to work, they are older, but they haven't really had any work experience or anyone kind of telling them how to actually come to work, that it's important to show up, that it's important to show up and be emotionally present when you're there and that it's important to go above and beyond just what your job duties are when you see something, you know, work on it. It's not, and, and what you did was you showed her the numbers, you laid it out, but you actually showed her that this is what's going on and you taught her how to work. So if 
she stays with you forever if she moves on and goes somewhere else, which is typically the case. Eventually, people move on. Mm-hmm. Um, she'll be a better employee somewhere else. You've done you've done a number of different organizations of service at this point. I think also that um, Christy had there was a lot of work there for you as well mm-hmm. because you had to analyze the issues as well, made you smarter. You uh, had to track. You had to monitor. You had to invest you have to be passionate um and it's not just about you know a second chance you you have a risk here with your customers and your business and Mm -hmm. you know trusting this person to continue showed that you believe there's greatness in everyone which is part of our motto and that is the difference this is why your business is successful Right, it's mm-hmm. because of that approach. So, well, no, I, I hope so. That's I believe in that. I really, really believe in that approach. That you know, you put a ten on everybody's forehead until they prove otherwise. You know, right. and if they start to slip a little, then again, you either step up and help them. You know, you help them become that ten again. You know, and most people want that. They want to please, you know, their employer. They really do, and they maybe don't always know how, but they really. I think in their heart they want to do well. They want to be appreciated and they want to be viewed as someone who's successful, you know, at whatever level, whether they're answering your phone, whether they're helping with your patient care, whatever it is that they're doing, they want to do it well. And I think they want to be recognized as someone who is an asset in your organization, not just one of many, but they want to feel like you know who they are and that you believe in them as part of your team. No, that's terrific. I absolutely agree. We're going to go ahead and take our second break. Stay with us, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and our guest today, Christy Morrow. We'll be right back. Charlie Labosco is an author, speaker, and trainer with over 40 years' experience in the corporate workplace. Contact Charlie today to interact, influence, and inspire others in your organization. Whether it's a one-hour keynote presentation or a five-day training seminar, Charlie is available to speak on many topics, including making a difference in the workplace, even as one person, building shared leadership teams, and his signature award-winning seminar, Care Certification in the Workplace. Charlie speaking at your organization will make a difference on day one. For more information and to book Charlie, go to charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com. You're listening to TalkZone.com, Internet Talk Radio. TalkZone.com. Let's get back to Charlie and Eva for more corporate talk on TalkZone. Okay, welcome back, everyone. We are talking with special guest Christy Morrow, who is the managing partner for Mariposa Aesthetics and Laser Center, um, and also the author of this incredible book. Mm-hmm. So, Christy, tell us how we get the book, first of all. We are on several different um, sites, obviously Amazon, Book, uh, BookBub. Um, those are probably the main ones that you know, they can go to, but that's the easiest. I mean, Amazon.com would be the easiest, you know, to, to get and it the, from. And the, the book is Facing Success. And if I'm a small business owner, if I'm um, a corporate manager, 
you know, I want to know everything that's in this book, right? Especially after listening to you for 30 minutes, um, there's so many, you know, uh, I just want to take a step back here, Christy, because I could almost write a book of lessons just from the first 30 minutes, right? you know, um, as an example, what you were talking about before the break um, is, you know, your, your job as the uh, leader is to bring out the best in others. And you were describing, and it's sort of like what we say, you know, you were, you were transforming resources who maybe people that may work there considered resources into partners. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and yeah. that's an incredible transformation. And if, and if this book facing success is going to help me with my business get to that point. Uh, believe me, uh, I'm all in and I think uh, I strongly recommend everything in this book is real. Mm-hmm. Right. So, uh, I what, just, yeah. you know, great work, um, for sure. Thank you. Um, Thank you. It's definitely all been just things I've experienced, which I don't think are unique things. I think they're things everybody experiences, no matter what business, what industry. And, um, like I said, I hope that even, you know, reading through the, the pages quickly and saying, ooh, there's something that applies to my job right now, you know, or here's the situation I have going on right now. It's amazing to me when I think back over the, what, seven years that I've been here now um, and, and grown this practice to the level that we have with this new facility that we now have and just so many different changes along the way. It's surprising to me how far a business can come in seven years to come from, you know, a quarter-million-dollar deficit, which is where I took over to, you know, obviously positive, you know, cash flow and, and positive revenues during the time, you know, of the 2008, 2009, you know. Yeah, now hold it, hold it. Situation. So that's, I was just um, going to talk about that, right? So you, yeah. your timing was not as good as your ability to lead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to think, what, what were you thinking about that? Right. No, that's, True. so you walked I'm, in, right, in 2007 and, I get, I understand, right, that they were running uh, at a deficit. I understand that, you know, uh, you had everything that not only they would need, any business would need, and I don't want to make light of that, but you were about to go in there as they're going off the recession cliff, and your business, you know, probably gets hurt more than others, I'm not sure, but during a recession, um, and not only that, money may not have been available for you to grow that business. Right. I mean, That's you, the bigger piece talk there. about the deck being stacked, yeah. right? <laughs> right. Uh, but, exactly. Yes. And, you know, I get asked a lot, Charlie, how, you know, how did you do this during the, you know, with the, a bad economy? And I think when a lot of businesses don't do well or they begin to not do well, people start looking for excuses. I mean, the nice word would be they look for reasons why it's not working. But in my mind, I feel like, you know, those can be a little bit of a cop-out. You know, oh, the economy is so bad. Not that that's true of every business. So I don't want to, you know, generalize that. But for this setting, you know, there's two ways to look at it. You're right. This is a discretionary income type of business. So if, you know, jobs get, you know, scarce or things like that, then it can take a hit. However, you can look at it that way and say, oh, no, woe is me. My business is going to start to lose because of the economy. Or you can turn that around and say, you know what, when jobs get a little bit more competitive, people have to put their best self forward. That means people are going to need the services that I provide 
in order to look and feel their very best because they're competing against a bigger applicant pool. And yeah. so you, and those things matter. You know, when you're interviewing someone, you want the best representation for your company, so you want to hire the best person there. And while it's not all about how they look, how a person looks really comes out in a sense of confidence mm-hmm. that they exude. And that confidence tells a, a prospective employer, I'm going to do a good job for you. And if I can take care of myself, I can take care of my job. And there are messages that you send out when you look and feel your best. So in my mind, honestly, people needed what I offered. All I needed to do was make sure that it could be afforded and that it wasn't exorbitantly priced, which put people out of really being able to do my services. So we made sure when I took over and we, you know, that was one of the things we evaluated was what are... You know, what are the charges for these services? Are they fair? Are they competitive? Are they doable, you know, right now with what we've got going on? And as long as we made sure that we were fair, we didn't want to be, you know, at the bottom of everything because I think that sends a negative message a little bit. You know, hey, we're the cheapest in town. That's not what we wanted to be. But we also just couldn't price ourselves right out of somebody's ability to do our services either. So we just kind of hit that middle line, and with that, we packed on the customer service. We wanted them to feel like, wow, I got all of that. I got treated that well for, you know, this $200 procedure or whatever. I wanted them to come away thinking, that was so worth it. I'm shocked I only had to pay this much. Yeah. You know, yeah. not the other way around. So I think they're in an economy that's downturn for sure. You have to be very strategic about how you set up and how you present the costs of your services. You know, there needs oh. to be value there versus just, hey, it costs you this much money. It needs to be, this is what you're going to get for this much money. Yeah, you that's know? where the homework and the complications step in, right? It's not just, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I can do this. Well, and it's always about customer service and creating an, an experience, well, an amazing experience. Yeah, here's the thing, right? Uh, and I just want to say again, the book is Facing Success. Go to Amazon, go to Barnes & Noble, Stop someone on the street, ask them if they know where to go. <laughs> I'm telling from what I'm hearing, uh, this is really what we all need, right, mm-hmm. to help us all. Because, you know, what you're talking about, Christy, is a far cry from being a physician's assistant, right? Right. <laughs> and um, where it comes out, okay, and what I see as the secret weapon, right, is your passion and love for this field, mm-hmm. for helping people maybe gain confidence. Yeah, to look their best. And nothing was going to get in that way. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's not that, you know, you're looking at the numbers and you want, you didn't want to come in low, you don't want to come in high. You want to come in where everybody can look beautiful. But make no yeah. mistake, mm-hmm. Christy knows how to price that, that just right. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of skill there. Yeah. Um, but that, business never would have worked without the love and the passion and the care that you brought in. I mean, yeah, you know, you're really, you somewhere those skills maybe from the military um, really are being utilized to its fullest and you should be really proud of that. Um, and also that you kept that love that right on the critical path, which right. is really, um, really unbelievable. Facing success. So, um, you know, going into the numbers, as you say, so you look at the numbers, 
you know, when we do a lot with uh, technology firms and we always talk about metrics, right? You know, and the challenge is when do you change direction or when do you realize the metrics are telling you something? Sometimes, you know, we just look at them and we don't really take action against them. So there's some leadership required there as well. I mean, you know, what do you do with the, when the numbers are not right? You know, when do you make that change? You know, um, I think that is a great point. And that's a great question because, you know, I've always, you know, worked with the concept that you plan your work and then you work your plan. And that's what I've done every year. I set out the goals for the year. I know how much growth I want to have in different areas of the business. And I kind of jot out, here's, here's how I, here's what I think I'm going to have to do to get there. And then we have a day long staff training meeting where I present it and I lay out that vision of what I want to happen this year and why and how we're going to go about it to my whole staff. That's like corporate you know, we release planning. It and we, but go ahead. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that's important. Everybody needs to know what we're working towards. You can't all move in the same direction if they don't know where they're going. So, you know, we educate everybody and we tell them this is what we want to do. However, about, well, I'd say quarterly. That's probably reasonable. I really don't get around to it much more often than quarterly, to be honest, just because I'm busy. I'm also seeing patients all day long. So quarterly, I'll pull all of our reports and I'll look to see if I'm on track. I always compare where we're at this year with that same time period of the year before. And I always look at where we're at this year in comparison to where we need to be to reach the goals I have at the end of the year. You know, our business, this particular industry, tends to be very cyclical in that certain quarters are just regularly higher than others. Um, you know, the summer is a little lower for us because we can't do as much laser work, things like that. And I know that that's the ebb and flow, you know, of this particular field. With that being said, I look at, you know, up to the second quarter, half of the year, am I halfway to my goal? I should be. I know we're going to take a dip the third quarter. That's pretty typical with summer. And I know our fourth quarter is always about 10 to 15% higher than the others. So I can really pretty much track where I'm at with my goal and if I'm on track. If I am too far, if I'm beyond just a percentage or two off of where I know I need to be, then I start looking at why. You know, are we doing less of this procedure or more of this one and we, you know, that's not as profitable of a procedure or whatever it might be, I have to look at what is going on or has my staff lost their track? Have they gotten off the beaten path a little bit and we need to get everybody back on track? I have to identify the why so I can then make corrective measures to get where I want it to be. And so I'm, you know, it's a matter of staying on track. You don't go on a hike and then never check where you're at. You know, you check your compass periodically to make sure you're heading in the right direction. And that's what yeah. I think sometimes people fail to do in their business is they forget to check where they're at and make sure they're still on the right path. And sometimes even if you're not on the right path exactly, you still may not want to do anything until you really understand maybe it's an anomaly or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so right. even that takes skill, you know, listening to you, right, I think I can answer, I have an answer to Mike Tyson then, right? Like yeah. we talked about earlier. <laughs> it, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face really hard, really hard. So now, you know, and listening to you, Christy, I will say, well, yeah, you know what happens when you get punched in the face really hard? You get up and you go back on track with your plan. 
And you look at your numbers and you get right. into it and figure out the why. You need to trust the plan and track to it. If you get punched in the face, you get back up and get back on the plan. Right. right. Yeah, you have to analyze, why did I get hit? Oh, yeah. I moved right. in too close. Oh, I made this decision and that did not work out. Okay, then I need to get myself out of that. What you know, If you were boxing, that's what you would do. You would say, oh, I moved in and got in their zone and I was within arm's reach and I got hit. Okay, yeah. I need to make sure I stay out of that zone. You know, and it's the same way in your business. If you find that you're off track somehow, uh, you know, you need to find out why. You can't fix it till you know why. And I think that's another mistake I feel like some people can make is the tendency is to do a knee-jerk reaction. Something's not right, wham, right. fix it. And and they're right. fixing the wrong things because they're just making these knee-jerk responses to it. That's probably what those guys were doing before mm-hmm. um, you checked yes. in, right? Yes, there was a lot of that going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, so, uh, you know, so it, it's, it's part of awareness, being aware of what you're, what you're dealing with. It's just with. passion and ownership, and it's a skill that very few have. Um, so all this while seeing customers, uh, unbelievable. <laughs> it is unbelievable. Uh, we have to take our last break. A lot more to come. Please stay with us. Uh, we will be right back. Let Charlie Labosco show you how to revolutionize your presence in the workplace. Charlie is looking to improve the workplace, and by that he means your relevance in it. Charlie has over 40 years in the corporate workplace. He has seen the unbelievable, mind-boggling, off-the-charts changes in technology, but no real change in our day-to-day and sometimes toxic workplace behavior. Charlie's mission is to revolutionize the workplace by providing the training and the tools needed to lead any organization regardless of your job description. For more about Charlie and how to be a part of the workplace improvement revolution, visit charliespeaking.com. That's charliespeaking.com. Welcome back to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. Well, unbelievably, we're already in segment four. There's no way we have any excuses if we fail after all this information. No, even if we get punched really hard. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Christy's given us all the info we need. And our guest today is Christy Morrow. She is the author of Facing Success, Creating a Multi-Million Dollar Business in Tough Economic Times, and she is managing partner of the Mariposa Med Spa in Oklahoma, Oklahoma City. I'm having a hard time today. Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, and okay. you can get the book on Amazon or BookBub. And so I'm, I'm going to take a little bit of a different approach in segment four. I want to know what the Mariposa Med Spa experience is like hmm. a little bit. Okay, so, I, I would love to tell you. Oh, good. good because good. we've spent a lot of time trying to um, perfect that, I guess, if you will. Um, we train all of our staff from the minute the phone rings that that patient's experience has started. So mm-hmm. we spend a lot of time training our front staff that they need to smile when they're talking on the phone. They need to listen to the person on the phone because the tendency is to go, oh, I know what you're going to ask me and to kind of cut them off a little bit and get to the point, you know, because you've got your phones ringing, ringing, ringing. But we've really had to work with them on each phone call deserves its own time because they're trying to make a decision right then and there based on you and how their experience is on the phone, whether they're going to spend their time driving here or not. Yeah, right. You know, we can't do, I can't do my job as the physician assistant doing consultations with that client 
if you can't get that client in the door. You know, so the phone in our office is their very first patient experience, and it needs to be positive, and it needs to be informational, and it needs to be accommodating. You know, how we find them an appointment, how we say things to them on the phone. You know, if they want a certain day, we don't go, nope, we, we're full that day. We're like, well, I'll look at my Tuesdays, and is there another day that might work for you also? You know, so that we can accommodate that without saying no. Um, know, another lesson learned. No. You know, this is a huge and, lesson learned because, you know, as as a woman myself, even though my voice is weird today, um, <laughs> it, you know, it's it's a big deal. You call yeah. and then someone is either like not giving you your attention or they'll say, no, we're booked up that day. And that's almost like the end of the conversation. And then I'm the one kind of saying, OK, yeah. No, yeah. what, what did you say? Thing? The phone is the first line of customer experience. And it has to be that's positive, right. yeah. informational and accommodating. Yeah, I love it. I love that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I love that yeah, I, because it's huge. I think oh, I'm sorry, so Christine. critical. Yeah, it is critical. And I mean, I've called places and it's frustrating if I feel like, do they not want my business? I mean, you know, it's like I have to pull teeth to get in or, you right. know, something. And I, it just shocks me sometimes. I'm thinking, oh, my lands, if my front staff mm-hmm. is talking to people that way, I'm going to just go nuts. There's no way. Um, and that's how I do it. You know, honestly, if I go somewhere and I feel like I'm not treated well as a customer, I mean, I'm thinking, okay. What do we need to do in my practice to make sure our clients aren't getting this experience? You know, right. and we do the opposite, <laughs> you know, and that that's it. Our patient experience starts right there. We also send, you know, thank you notes to our clients. Um, we send birthday cards. You know, we're a little old school. I like people to get real mail, you know. Um, mm-hmm. We used to actually hand sign everything, but it, honestly, it just grew so much. I just didn't have time to sign, you know, 150 birthday cards anymore, but right. um you know, every month. So um, right. we have automated a few things, but we still want to keep that personal touch going uh, because I think that's what got us where we are, and I don't want to start, stop doing the things that led us to success. Mm-hmm. And so um, we do that. We When we do our consultations, when someone comes in to do a consultation, we have a welcome video so they're not sitting in a room by themselves, mm-hmm. you know, waiting on someone to come in. You know, we offer them a drink when they get here. We take them to our consultation room, which is, is looks like a living room. You know, they can sit comfortably. Um, there is, like I said, a TV on the wall, and there's a welcome video that discusses what they're going to find, what they're going to experience today. They're going to meet with the provider. Here's how our office is laid out. You know, this is who our staff is. And we have some patient testimonials on there so they can hear from someone else who has sat in that same chair and what their experience has been like with us. So by the time that we go in, they feel like they already know where they are, what to expect, who they're going to see, and it just makes, it just is like an icebreaker. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, you know, going very well. We, you know, we play a lot of relaxing music uh, in oh. the treatment rooms. We have dimmable lights in our treatment rooms. Moms don't get a lot of me time. You know, professional mm-hmm. women don't get a lot of me time. Mm-hmm. And if they have five or ten minutes where they have to apply numbing cream and sit and wait, they may as well do it with some lights dimmed and some relaxing music on because that may be the only quiet time they get that day. Mm-hmm. And our patients really love that. They appreciate just the little touches mm-hmm. because the truth is, as women, and our practice is probably 80-20, you know, 80% women, yeah. those little touches are things that they're giving to everybody all the time, but they're not getting a lot of for themselves. So we want to be the place that gives them that good feeling. So it makes them glad they came. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, I love that because, you know, you're right. It's all those little things, you know, that when from the second you walk in there, you feel pampered already. Well, from the time you pick up the phone, you feel like you're being cared for. It's just a huge deal. So you're right. You know, and then when you set the prices not too high, but also not too low, and all of a sudden you're feeling like, wow, that was a lot of value for what I got. And it also adds to the trust factor. Mm -hmm. It definitely does. If you're going to put all this time and effort into what you do, I, I, Trust it. Huh. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, the, you know, and then also, I remember you were saying originally that when you went to look at their equipment, their equipment wasn't quite the right equipment. And so now it's followed up with state-of-the-art equipment and procedures. Mm-hmm. That's right? right. That's right. Because we have to deliver the results that we're telling them right. will work. You know, you're right. I believe that people do business with those that they know, like, and trust. And if any one of those things doesn't fit, then it's not going to be a good working relationship. It's not going to be a good partnership. And when you're talking about having somebody work with your face or do something to your body, you need to trust that they've got your best interest at heart and that they really want your your happiness. They want you to love the result they're giving you. And I think it's super important that they that they trust you in that. And they have to know who we are first. They have to know what Mariposa is all about. They have to know me and know what what foundations, what principles this business was built on because that that's important that they can trust who the place they're going, um, and they need to like us. We everybody in our office is very friendly. They're very outgoing. They're very approachable. Um, you know, I hire you know attractive women. They're not all Barbie dolls. They're not all supermodels. We're very normal girl next door you know type of people. Mm-hmm. I want everyone that walks in this door to feel comfortable. I don't want mm-hmm. them to feel like, oh, this 20-year-old isn't going to understand my wrinkles. Right. You know, right. that can be intimidating when you're feeling insecure and you're sitting across from someone who looks just a tad too perfect. You yeah, know? so the, the it, challenge is to get you out to the public. So if the, if the community knows that your company represents everything we're talking about today, they'll be, they'll be lying. Well, and I would think, though, too, that you even get a lot of business from word of mouth because once someone has that experience, they share it. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Word of mouth is our number one referral source, Um, Mm. absolutely. And we, every month when we send out our newsletter, I would say virtually every month, I might miss a month or two, when I write my little introduction in our newsletter, almost every single time it will say, Thank you so much for your trust in us, your loyalty to us, and your willingness to share us with your friends and family. You know, that's how we grow. And I really want them to understand how much we appreciate that because, you know, sometimes these services are a little, they're personal. And you may not want to just shout it from the rooftops, hey, I got my Botox today. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, that's how we grow. So I want them, if a friend asks them, hey, this looks great, I want them to feel comfortable saying, oh, definitely go to Mariposa. You know, ask for Christy or ask for Lyric. These people are great. Kelly will do a wonderful job. Whoever it is that they feel comfortable with here, I want them to feel like they're telling one friend to go see another friend. No, and, it's been uh, terrific. They do. You know, and it's, it's, it's too bad that we're out of time yeah. already because um, we could keep talking to you, Christy, because this has really been informational and a real learning experience because, I mean, you really show that customer service is what it's all about. Yeah, yeah, we would love to have you back. I mean, we'll go through the book together and, uh, you know, right. because there's so many lessons here. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you and so thank much. thank you so, so much for sharing with us. Yeah, this has been great. I enjoyed it. Thank you very much for having me.
Take care. Have a great night. And again, everyone, the book is Facing Success, Creating a Multi-Million Dollar Business in Tough Economic Times. And the author is Christy Morrow. She is, it's um, M-U-R-R-O-W. You can get the book on Amazon or Book Club. Yep. Excellent. Excellent show. It was great. So have a great week, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Bye.